Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Purple Nuna Podcast. I'm Stephanie Conti, and I am here with the glasha to my flora. Oof, that's a rough one, but hi. I know, I'm sorry, but it was the only one I could make. Savannah Lanause. What's new? I feel like this is, we say the same thing every podcast, but it just seems like months in between. Yeah, I know. It really does feel like months. Like, it feels like, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like every time I've taken, like, after every episode, like, once it's done and uploaded, I feel like I'm in retirement. And and then, like, two days later, I'll be like, remember those good old days when we used to film <laughs> Purple Noon? Meanwhile, it was just two days ago, and then I'm filming it again, like, within five days. So, but, I mean, it, it's going good. It's going good. It's hot in Florida right now. So, that's really one thing. Is. It's kind of... It's not the best warming is real, <laughs> even though that's not really what it pertains to. But how are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little disturbed with the films we saw. I'm a little shocked. I, you know, no. I will just say I apologize, Sweet Pea. It was just a rough week. You know, it was just the man in the well. And then I saw Come and See and I was like, whoa, okay. So when, because keep in mind, I hadn't seen any of the films while I was writing out our little movie list. I thought all of them were like war films. No, like yeah. I thought I thought all of them like th- the, for sure like Man of the Well. Okay, I botched that one. That's clearly not a war film. But Thirty Nine Steps totally looks like a war film. Yeah, I agree. I, so I, I, thought that too. I was like, you know what? Yeah, we'll do like a little war film theme. You know, do all that stuff, and it was just dark. And even while writing the description, I was like, we review three extremely dark films. Like even with like. 39 steps being a little bit lighter not yeah, to do much spoilers it's all still dark you know dark visually mentally metaphysically on every <laughs> element yeah it was it was definitely i mean i will say 39 steps was like believe it or not like a nice break from <laughs> i know i know oh I man it's it, it yeah. so cra- so speaking of like crazy things so one of the movies that we're going to be talking about today is called Come and See, and it was filmed in Belarus. And I don't know much about Belarus, so I decided to look up some things, like some facts. I discovered three things that absolutely blew my mind. Okay. One, currently right now, I was shocked when I looked up Belarus and saw Belarus like headlines everywhere. They just had an election where essentially kind of like how our um like their president like their system is the same as ours essentially where they were voting and like there was a female uh, candidate and a older male candidate who currently is president and they were there's voting between the two and essentially like they had done like surveys and everything and a week before voting occurred it was like oh like the female candidate, it has like 60% of the votes and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, the voting happens. And only her 60% now went to 20%. And there is complete rioting going on and protesting because there is substantial evidence that shows that it was a rigged election. Wow. Which I had cool. no idea about to a point where even the female, I, I, I think I forgot her name, but um, she actually fled to a different country and she made a video saying like, I am in fear for my life. Oh my goodness. Which is just insane. And on that note, in the link below, I did put a petition 
to sign where it, it just shows because right now the way that they're treating like there's so much protesting going on in the world that we don't even know and the way that they are treating their protesters is just completely awful it, they're met with brutality over and I mean it, it, it's just so crazy and so with everything going on here you know in the U.S. with all these Black Lives Matter movement and the pr- police brutality and all the hatred going on uh, I, I feel like Belarus needs some light shined on it because it's mm-hmm. almost at this point mirroring our country um, so I put a little petition and it goes deep into what's actually going on and stuff like that. It doesn't cost any money to sign or anything, but yeah, I just thought it was super crazy. Um, cause I had no idea what was going on. I like, when, as soon as I saw it, I was like, huh, like that's actually happening. Why is more people not talking about it? Did you hear right. anything about it? No, not at all. I, I had no idea until you told me, which, which is insane. It, no, it is crazy. And also, I think, and I could be wrong, I think they did the mail-in ballots, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary considering, you know, hopefully we don't see any kind of parallel during our election this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know much about where they are. Like, uh, Bella, what did you say it was? Belarus. Belarus. I don't really know much about that side of the world I don't know really much about the mail-in voting there I, I don't ha- I have no idea yeah it's definitely scary to think like that's possibly what caused it you know yeah um, it, it, it's it, it's scary and then I also because come and see is a uh, a war a war film based during um world war ii and I was one thing that shocked me was when looking through and I, I just had a thought I was like you know in all of these world war ii films I've noticed that the German military is massive. Yeah. And I, I I never really knew the figure of how many Nazis there were. Oh my gosh. Guess how many Nazis were in World War II? Because here's how many my Nazis thing. existed. Weren't all like I, I'm not trying to be ignorant here, but weren't most of the young men and men in general in Germany a Nazi? Nazis. German Yeah, a good a good point. I think I think a little bit over and I so could be wrong. Because there's so many different, you know, websites that say it was only 20%. Meanwhile, with the figure that I will say, it, it definitely feels more more than 60% were Nazi sympathizers or Nazis themselves. Jesus, how many? 13.6 million. That's almost which, as many people as they killed. In they, which is crazy because if you think about it, there were 11 million deaths during world war ii oh my gosh that is almost a a kill per nazi that is so that's actually more that's That's actually more than a kill per nazi that's like gut-wrenching you know yeah it was something that it's just you know we always learn about world war ii and stuff like that like in middle school but we don't they don't give us the statistics like i was very shocked and i felt very ignorant because i thought it was maybe 3 million that had died, like in terms of Jews that had died during the Holocaust. But apparently it was 6 million and about 5 million non-Jews. That is, yeah. that Which, which I mean, it totally makes sense when we talk about come and see. It mm-hmm. completely makes sense. And it adds more realism to every war film that I've ever seen without knowing those statistics and everything. I but, definitely agree. 
before we get into Come and See, we're first going to talk about a short film called Man in the Well. And by the way, all three of these films can be found on the Criterion channel. So Man in the Well is a 2016 short film, uh, I believe a Chinese short film, mm-hmm. um, by written and directed by Bo Hu. It's 16 minutes long, and it's about in the apocalypse, two starving kids find a dead body in the ruins. Man, was this dark. What did you think? It was this dark. Was the scariest thing I've seen in a long time. It, it, like, not because it's like jump scare and not because it, it it's the whole idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I genuinely, I was thinking about it when I was watching it. The whole, from beginning to end, in my opinion, the whole short film was scary. There oh, are yes. parts where you see the little kids. Well, not, I'm going to say they're like, they're still kids they're still kids you know and like in really dark raincoats and you see them from behind and the whole thing is in black and white and it's eerie the whole thing is eerie i was sitting there i was just like this is the scariest thing like film wise i've seen in a really long time that's actually like yeah like oh this is whoever thought of this is i don't because it's not so much as like creepy as much as like you understand what's going on and it feels so immoral yeah to watch you know it, it just like there's something in your head that'll go look away like this is because there's also even though it's in black and white there is a sense of realism especially since and I think also we watch you know with having this film set we watched two older films and then a modern film so it like the realism felt even more so like it had more of a powerful effect Yes. But now let me ask you this. Um, so before uh, we get into the spoil- spoiler bits of it, do you recommend it? If you have the stomach for it, yes. And the mental um, mental energy, yes. I completely agree. Now let's talk real quickly about, obviously, like I said, they find a dead body. What were they doing to the dead body? What because they didn't show it, but you could kind of infer. So, what did you think they were doing to the body? So, the eerie thing I'm gonna say first is one of the kids says, Wait, he's not dead. And then two minutes later, you see a scene of them, the, the kids sitting on the floor with blood on their face. Now, yeah. the one thing that the one thing immediately that went to mind was, Okay, he they ate him. They yep. person. That's what I'm thinking. And then also because when the kid, he had like his little handmade axe and was kind of, it seemed like he was not killing, but chipping away right. at the person. Right. It, it's, and like that, that scene right there, when there's like that hole in the floor and they're just kind of like, he wasn't dead. And the kid's like, no, he was dead. He's like, no, we can't be sure. Yeah. He's creepy. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's it's extremely creepy. It's unnerving because also the calmness within these kids and acting like it's a it is what it is type of situation, you know. And then let's let's and so this is supposed to be an apocalypse. Yes. Why was the body like that? Why did the body have chains and was like gagged and like was that like whole, like I saw I was like. Is this apocalypse like Mad Max style, like where people are killing people like that? Yeah, it was definitely. I I saw that too, and I I 
didn't want to go down that avenue because I was like, hmm, that's another story. Um, another thing I wanted to point out is I feel like these kids probably haven't – that's not the first time. I, I yeah. got that sense from what the – because like you said, with the whole chipping at the body and the whole like just the calmness of it, I feel like it was probably something that they were doing. It, and it wasn't it, – I think a scene like this would be less creepy if it was more animalistic. Um, but it was very tame. It was very humane in terms of like how these people acted. It didn't come across as like, you know, like when you see survival films and people act like animals, that's mm-hmm. like, you, you know, when you look at that, you're not as creeped out because it's like, oh, animal instinct, blah, blah, blah. But when you see, especially kids, people acting calm yeah. and still functioning after what they do and also just the fact that these kids don't they don't seem like kids you're looking at kids but they feel more like more like ghosts of humans walking around with the way that they walk they carry themselves and of course that dead stare that they give off when they have essentially what i believe to be blood on their face man i picked some heavy films i'm sorry like i just realized like i just really like i held a mental mirror up to myself and realized like damn i just brought everyone's like aura just down all the chakras are <laughs> out of a line and stuff but it was just it was just crazy like it, it was just a real crazy film that's like well if you want to be like creeped out within less than 20 minutes there's your film yes you want to be disturbed good there you go it was very well directed yeah. very well done the set all oh, that ending set even though it was just one room and you just saw the kids and filth and everything oh my god it was it you for that type of film there's no other way you could have made it like that like you could have given that film to Ari Aster you could have given that film to so many like new age horror directors but I don't think anyone could have done it as good as that director Agreed, definitely. Because of the subtlety. I feel like everyone would initially want to take this film to an extreme in terms of like what we see. It's the subtlety of this film that makes it. It, I totally agree with you. It's creepy. With that being said, with that being said, (laughs) what was that accent? (laughs) With that being said, God, it's it's because of the 39 steps. That's why I'm thinking about that accent. Um, but what what do you rate it? I give it an A. Ten. I'm so, oh my god! You just threw off my whole mind. I'm like, we're doing letters. Oh, we're doing yeah, letters. Like, we never do that. No, it's it's a ten for what they were trying to do. Ten. It's an absolute ten. It, it it's creepy, but it is done well, and I don't think it truly could have been done any better than the way it was presented to us. Yes, for sure, for sure. All right, now you want to lead us into the thirty nine steps. Okay, so 39 Steps was made in 1935. It's an Alfred Hitchcock film. Um, It's about a man in London that tries to help a counter agent, but the agent is killed and the man is accused and basically he has to save himself and stop aspiring. Um, It starts Robert Denay, I would assume. Okay, Madeline Carroll, Lucy Manum, and Godfrey... Carol, Teal, mm-hmm. Carol, yeah. Uh, Stephanie, what did you think about the film? Because I do have some thoughts that are okay. I don't want people to hate me, but I thought the film was a little lackluster for how high people 
praise this movie. Okay, good. Same. I didn't. I'm I thought it was honest. a good film. I but... didn't. I don't care to see it after this. Again. Yeah, no. Like, and I can understand, like, people saying, like, no, like, this was a pioneer film. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Oh, There's yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. But in terms of does this film hold up today? I do not think so. Agreed. Agreed. That doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, considering from this is high tier from this time period, but there was still a lot of a very stereotypical 1930s type of film errors, I'll call like, for example, like, it was just unrealistic. That's my thing. It was very, in my opinion, unrealistic. Especially for Hitchcock. That's what threw me off. Because Hitchcock's films, like, yeah, they're always out there. They're always this and that. But at the end of the day, they do make sense. And I thought this movie didn't make sense, but I wasn't believing it. Does that make yes. Sense? I think also what a lot of these movies, this type of movies issue is, is that they always seem to bring in one or two girls that try to become, like... They try to add in a love triangle in there or, you know, some type of romance in there where I truly believe drama. it was not it was not needed. You know, I I think that throwing in like, of, of course, having the the one spy um, in the movie, the Mrs. Smith mm-hmm. uh, was was needed. But throwing in um, Pamela, the character Pamela, played by Madeline Carroll, kind of threw things off for me because it deteriorated from this main story and unfortunately this is going to sound a little shallow but the film hasn't aged the best in a lot of aspects yep um and again like i know people praise this movie and i'm not even saying it's a bad film it's not saying that it was it's you know i hated every second of it but i kind of sat there and i'm like and i think just seeing his other work obviously for me it did spoil it because i know how good his i i really enjoy his movies in general Oh Um, my god. Psycho is still, like, and that's where, like, for example, if you compare a movie like Psycho, Psycho is timeless. Psycho is ageless. Even some of his other movies, too. Like, Mm -hmm. Rear Window and and all these things, like, you kind of sit there and you're like, well, um, you look at this and you're like, well, this is okay. Um, Again, it's not bad, but I I do think that the fact that we have seen a lot of his other work, this does fall short for me. And I think the biggest difference is between those works and things like Psycho, Vertigo, all the classics is because I think, and I could totally be wrong, I think Alfred Hitchcock had more of a role in the writing, whereas this film, The 39 Steps, did not include him as a writer on it. Okay, that that sounds like, yeah. And and it's no doubt like this is still a gr- uh, in terms visually this is still a very good film yeah compared to all the other film from this time period this is still a very visually appearing good directing film it's Alfred Hitchcock of course this is probably like obviously this was in the thirties in the thir- in thirty five this was already like starting to show us like okay yeah like Hitchcock is a good director. But overall, the ending was lackluster. I had a hard time, not necessarily, not following it, but wanting to follow it. Yes. Uh, Because it was, and I've seen other, like, for example, another film that came out, I believe, like, three years before that I could watch over and over again compared to something like this would be something like Metropolis. Like, films, like, and stuff like that. And I know they're different genres and stuff, but in terms of plot, it was trying to be too intricated and too complex for what it was. I I agree. 
I, I did it. I'm glad you felt the same because I was a little nervous getting on here and being like, yeah, this wasn't necessarily for you. It was enjoyable. It's one of those things where I'm like, cool, I'm happy to cross it off my list and everything. Directing was great. Like I said, Alfred Hitchcock does not fail in terms of directing. But in terms of the story in this and even the actors, it, it falls short. Yeah. It definitely falls short. Again, I, I think I'm going to have to blame it on, like, the acting is very dramatic 1930s yeah know? very well, it, it, it's very it's it, it's almost like a parody style like you know like if, if someone were to do like a parody of 1930s 40s and 50s acting this would be like the epitome of it yeah yeah but I mean I I, I, I it pains me to say that too another I will say though another film like this film top tier Top Dog, Ministry of Fear by Fritz Lang. Mm. That is a film. Did you ever see that one? I've not seen it. Fantastic. In terms of like, because it involves like, that one involves Nazi spies. And I just see, it always just seems like I like films with Nazis. What does it say <laughs> about me? But in terms of, and I think Ministry of, Fe- uh, Ministry of Fear came out the same year, but it's also a criterion. If you liked this movie, I highly recommend Ministry of Fear because I absolutely love Ministry of Fear. Yeah. Yeah, Ministry of Fear came out in 44, so about 10 years later. And it's like the same premise with the spies. I know you said It's very similar where um it, and not necessarily yeah, it is similar, but it's essentially the plot of that one is a man who has just been released from an asylum during World War II in England Ooh. stumbles on a dead Nazi spy plot by accident. So if you like, or if you wanted more from um, 39 Steps, I highly recommend Ministry of Fear. I'm going to check that out because like I said, I, well, I personally liked the idea of what he was trying to go for. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting. I just think a lot of it fell flat. So I'm definitely going to be checking what you set out. It, it, it really is like, and it's funny, even with The Gathering, a huge inspiration was Ministry of Fear. And once you watch it, you'll see why. It's yeah. a fantastic film. I, I truly recommend it over this one. Um, now, I don't say, once again, that this 39 Steps is a bad film. It no. just definitely falls short in terms of what you could get from that genre and that time period. I totally agree. Um, but still, I mean... I don't know. I recommend you see it anyway, just to. It's one of those things where it it, it is considered a classic and it's not a, in terms of, it's not one that I don't think you'll regret seeing, but you might be, I I think I also went into it really with high expectations too. Me too. It's definitely just a one-timer. For sure. For sure. Now, what do you rate it? It's going to sound bad, but I give it a 6.5. I was feeling that. I was feeling 6.3. I hate to say, I hate to do Hitchcock dirty like that, but I ain't no liar. Very honest. It's very rare for me to like films in the 1920 to 1930s area. It's very rare. So I think for me, that also might have a smidge to do with it. Not saying I don't. I love uh, one thing that happened. I I love certain films, but I do know movies in that area it could be a huge miss or a huge win for me and sadly a lot of them this was at the time where you know 
not necessarily blockbusters, but yeah, I'm going to use blockbuster for lack of a better word. There was so many, there was almost like a secret ingredient in terms of how to make a good, well-known movie that like, in terms of like getting the box office hit. And that was always having a spy plot or having some type of war thing, throw in a couple that it's like, oh, I want to be with you, but I can't. And then (laughs) they they made money. Like that's literally a lot of films from this time period. I think it was also still, (laughs) thank you. I think it was also still like in terms of the industry was still finding, it was still expanding. You really don't see a lot of films outside this genre for that time unless they fall under the cracks. I, yeah, that's, that's very true. I agree with you there. But uh, 6.3 for me. But now we got to get into the piece de resistance. Oof. Come and see. This film was rough stuff. So let me do a little intro first. Come and see came out in 1985. It's a Belarusian film. Uh, it is directed by E. Klimov, and I apologize if I botch these names. That's why I'm only going to say two of the actors' names. <laughs> it stars Ale- uh, Aleski Kravinchenko and Olga Mironova. And I there's others, but I... Re- Thank yeah, you. I, I appreciate but it. There's one man who plays Kosak. I cannot pronounce his name if I tried. It looks like a mix of Latin and Russian and I'm not <laughs> going to go there. But it's directed by E. Klimov and it's after finding an old rifle a young boy jo- joins the Soviet resistance movement against ruthless German forces and experiences the horrors of World War II. Now this is going to be a spoilery bit, but this is this is in terms of movies you have to see before you die. This is in my top 20, without a doubt. I was very surprised to see how, like this film was getting hyped up to me for a long time by our Criterion group on Facebook, but but just by a lot of people in general. I couldn't believe how great this film is. It lived up to the hype. It really did. Like, it lived up to every praise. A lot of premises about the film are brilliant just in itself. The fact that it was filmed like a horror movie. Like, why has never... Why? Why are we not doing that? Considering that war is just horrifying in itself. And then through the eyes of a child who who makes a horrible mistake and has to live with that. Like, what a... What a crazy and and very sad premise, but very real. Like, and I'm gonna be real with you. This is probably it. it I would definitely like this is being put into my top fifteen, maybe top Ooh. ten. But I have to analyze my list because there is kind of like with Man in the Well, there is no way you could have done a movie justice as much as the, the film itself did. Like this film, in terms of acting directing in terms of the choices that they made and in, in terms of you know production and using like whatever resources this film is the epitome and what every war film should really strive to be because yeah. even though films like schindler's list films like just this is what all of them should aspire to be like where it, it doesn't like for example like with schindler's list schindler's list is an excellent film 
but I feel like in terms of the topic and what's it on can even seem a little bit candy coated because of the film orchestra and the film theme because of so the way certain scenes are presented and stuff, it kind of has a little bit of Hollywood flair to it. Yeah. No, this feels like a ruthless documentary and journey. And the fact that it surrounds child actors, who I believe, I, I tru- I, I'm not too sure exactly what um, Aleski's age was at the time he was filming this, but he had to be under 18. Absolutely. I, I want to say like 16, maybe at the most. Probably 15, 16. I'm going to look that up real quick. But it and by far and to be that age. I don't know what his film career was like before that moment. But this movie by far has some of the best acting I've ever seen. I so I said something a long time ago when we were filming when we were recording uh, the Hunters TV show. One of the things I said is, I feel like that TV show, what it did was talk about what the Nazis were actually doing. Because like you said, in Schindler's List, yes, we see them brutalizing, we see them beating them up and, you know, abuse, all this stuff. But I think what this movie did was talk about what was actually happening to people in real life during the war. And I actually don't know a lot about what was going on in the war in Russia Mm -hmm. until I saw the, well, the Soviet Union, I would say. Yeah. Time, right. That's that's where it was based. Um, yes. And Belar- and uh, I believe the story itself actually takes place in Belarus. OK, right. So I, I know nothing about that. So when you're seeing all the horrifying and like it, we both kind of knew, I, I think, what was going on in the world. Like, yes, people were getting killed. People were getting abused. He was 16. He was about, in terms of, if normally, like how movies go, I apologize for cutting you off. Um, If normally how movies go, if this was filmed a year or two before the release date, release year, which was 85, then he would have been 14, 15. That's insane. (laughs) Did you just smack your table? Yes, I was like, there's no way he was 14. Yeah. He's just... the performances were just remarkable, not only from him, but the girl who plays Glasha. Glasha, oh God, she was creepy, but in a fantastic way. When she's talking about how, I don't know if we're getting to spoilers yet, but she tells- Yeah, go, go, we're diving in, go she, for it. She basically tells um, the main character, I don't know why I'm blinking on his name, I, I was just about to say his Flora. name. Flora. Flora, when she tells Flora that his whole family is dead. And he was probably the reason. The facial expressions, this, the camera work, where you're just looking at this girl and she has the most sinister look on her face. But then mm-hmm. that turns into like sorrow. I've never seen that. I've never it, seen anyone act like that. The facial expressions that are used and the, the type of acting used in this film is typically a type of, a type of acting we never see. And that is people on the brink of losing, like, because normally, like, you can look at this film, and if you were to not know what's going on, just kind of crop out the person's face as they make the face, people might think it's corny, people might think it's bad acting. But when you take everything into consideration, when you take in the element of what's going on, the background, what these characters just did, like, and 20 seconds before, it's not corny acting, they genuinely look like they're having breakdowns. And it's remarkable in terms of performance. And by the way, Aleski, this was his first film. What what a power, what what a powerhouse. The brilliance. And 
there is also besides how creepy and eerie and like just disgusting a lot of uh, disgusting in the nature of what was going on of course not like it was you know um there's so much tragedy in the movie because at the end of the day this was just a 12 year old kid who really yeah. didn't know the gravity of what was happening i think also we have to consider the time frame too this movie only takes place in two days yes yeah and so to see this young full of life boy you know playing with another young kid in the field you know playing as if they're like in the military and you know like the one small kid is like making this real creepy voice by the way where he's like the rats you know and i was like oh god but um they go from that to now all of a sudden here he is and he's look like he looks like he has aged yes in years yes and the makeup and everything that they do and even when you look at the cover of the movie you don't think that's him absolutely that looks like a 40 year old man so the way they were able to do that was just and the fact that they chose to do that the fact that they chose to do makeup that drastically aged him it worked it completely worked yes. him shaving his head the cracked lips and then also when they did under like I couldn't it looked so realistic too when they did underneath the eyes just like the dry like the 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 dry and like dehydrated skin and everything was like wow like it looked like you know in terms of like movies that you were looking at a a war victim or someone fought in the war meanwhile this was a kid who yes did and had this done to him within two days has lost all his innocence has lost who he was before and his family everything yeah everything is there any particular scenes that really like stand out to you in this film because this this film from beginning to end all of it stands out i mean the the scene with I think that I was just talking about was so powerful in itself because you kind of see like his life is never going to be the same. Yeah, he cannot like that that at that point the film is not it went in a totally and and that's the scene where they're at the bog and or is that the scene where Glasha is yelling at him or is that the scene where they're at the little island on the bog and all the women around him are just screaming like your family's gone that one that, that one. one that one was insane that one and then also oh my god the fact that i didn't realize like what really like broke me was that all of a sudden like cuz not only was him and glasha getting to that little island what a scene where they're like neck deep in mud and they're just traveling and trying to get through and struggling. That scene was brilliantly done. And the locations that they choose to film all these sequences was just brilliant. Um, it, it just showed that, like the dedication and the hard work that these young actors did. But yeah. the, the one scene that like made my jaw drop was now like literally 12 hours ago, you had a young boy playing yeah, and having fun. And 12 hours later during that scene, he sticks his head in the little water to try to drown himself. Yeah. Which is, it's just, it's so unnerving to a a whole nother degree. Like man in the well is creepy. It's scary horror. This is almost like if like humanity horror, if that was ever a category, it's humanity horror. 
it's very scary because this probably happened in real life. A lot of children went through so many unspeakable events during this time, during yeah. the Nazi reign and, and all war, I think. And we don't see that a lot. I think and, it was sugar-coated for us, but this is what it was. Yeah, and even though, and like, that's not to take away that films like Schindler's List no, and, no, you I, know, even yeah. films like Europa, like those films are still brutal, but there is nothing like Come and See. Exactly. Come and See, it kind of hits you in the face. Yeah, and it, it it truly is because of this, it is a horror film in, in terms of that regard. But the, the directing here is astounding especially the fact that they chose not to use lights. Everything is filmed with natural lighting. It yeah. gives not only a sense that the film feels older, but it feels more realistic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Everybody I think any, movie. like, I watched this film with, like, my mouth open the entire time because I was just shocked. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a rough one. Everybody was right. It was a rough one for me, especially. But it, it was rough in a sense where, like, I look back and I'm like, that was a, a masterpiece. Like, even, like, my dad does not like sad films. My dad is not a fan of that. But he read, of like, you know, he read what we were talking about, like, how this film is, like, important. It's crazy. It's something you got to see. And he watched it and he was like, that was an amazing film because of how it, it gives you a glimpse into something you would never see. You would never see from a Hollywood movie. You would never see from a big budget picture, even an international big budget picture. This is something that needs to definitely be talked about more in the movie world. And, you know, in terms of film history is incredibly important. I never heard of this film until the Criterion Channel uh, released it this summer. Yeah, me neither. And I mean, there is a lot of brutal content in this movie. Um, whether you see it or not, like there's a scene where... I don't know if it's the same. It's not Glasha. It's another girl or somebody that looks like Glasha. Yeah. Or the girl that is raped in the movie. Yeah. And you and can just tell by the way that she's walking and the look and everything like that, which is just, oh, you don't heartbreaking. And the whistle, the whistle that. too. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and that was a very also eye-opening moment for me because I never really thought about things like that happening does that make I don't know if that's ignorant or makes sense but I was kind of like yeah, oh my like, god like that I think also especially in the setting too like with all with all World War II films we only think about it in Germany or in, in um yeah, in Poland. Poland that's that's the only place where we like associate war films in terms of like what mass war films have been made, World War II films. And so it was very just shocking too that also like realize like, and keep in mind, like these people didn't have yellow stars. Like they they didn't, no. like there was no way of telling really that they were Jewish. And it was still, at the end of the day, these Nazis, the one that are depicted in the film, they didn't do it because of a political agenda. They did it because they're monsters and they wanted to have fun. Yeah, and that's what I think the film breaks down for you very, very, like, it, like I said, it's almost like a smack in the face where you realize, like, this isn't like, oh, we're not in the middle of Nazi Germany, we're not in the middle, like, these people are evil. Yeah. And the film did a good job at, like, seeing that through the innocence of a little boy. Which, I mean, with stuff like that, and knowing, and even in the end, you see that 
638, I believe. Um, in the end, they get, they throw up a number and essentially say, like, this is how many villages were burned with their inhabitants living in it by the Nazi party. Yes. Yeah. And what's so crazy to me is that in the U.S. today, neo-Nazis are still allowed to have protests and still allowed to do their own little gatherings. It stuns me that after all of what we know, they have not yet been labeled as a terrorist group. When clearly, like, they should. Clearly. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. There's no, po- there's no political angle with the Nazi party. Like, let's be frank. There is no political angle. It is all just hatred. Oh, absolutely. Same with the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, it's just, it's all just crazy that like, you know, here we are, like, and this movie came out in the 80s. And here we are in 2020. And even it though, you know, a ton of Nazis did face the crimes, I think actually, that's not really true. I think only 30 Nazi members were charged at the Nuremberg trials. But in terms of there, there still has always been some type of effort for retribution for those who were affected by World War II. And the fact that even today, we can't even simply give them as a label of what they truly deserve after everything is pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, like, the history, and you watch this movie because you will see how evil the root of all of this is. You know, I know a lot of people, oh, yeah, Nazi, whatever. But no, like, these people were not just blindly following, you know, Hitler and his agenda. Like, a lot of these people were genuinely evil and wanted to inflict pain and violence on whoever they could. Because they could. It's crazy. Now, I have a little, and I want to ask you a question because I have a little theory. Yes. Um, With the ending of the film where you see Flora... There's a picture of Hitler on the ground and he is shooting at it. Was there anything that you thought might've been also represented in that scene? Cause it's filled with flashbacks of Hitler, the Nazi party and all stuff like that. But I, I kind of, well, do you want me to tell you my theory first? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a moment where you see that he's obviously shooting at the photo but when it kind of lifts up, he's also shooting his silhouette. I want, I, I, I believe that in a way he's also killing the child within him and killing who he was. And so, I think that's a metaphor for it. I thought it's the same thing. Um, not because of that particular scene, but just because of how the movie evolves. I thought mm-hmm. that maybe he was trying to like erase his past. Because he couldn't stand what he did. And he oh, so that whole like historical sequence could be like him almost brainwashing himself. Oh. Oh. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because that would be like, that just kind of like reminds me of that type of sequence where he is essentially like looking at that photo and shooting down on it, now giving himself new meaning in what he is. And he goes in and marches with the, sh- you know, with the, the soldiers as if, you know, his life before never existed. Wow, do you think that could be it? I think so. I think so. I mean, I it could also be like that may have not been it directly, but I think that is something that can be inferred, that can be thought of. Was I him like that, making yeah. the decision like I am I am killing who I was before 
and this is what I will stand for. And I will, you know, because the whole focus was killing Hitler and pretty much him telling himself, like, there is no other thing to life. I must kill Hitler. This is his fault. Right. Yeah. Oof. It's a it's a good film. It's a crazy film. It's something you're never, ever going to see like this again. Um, this is one of those films where it's like, you just have to. You have to watch it. It's a hard-to-watch film. But in, in also because of it's hard to watch and, and just everything, it's still a very beautiful film in terms of cinematically speaking. It's a it's a gorgeous film for everything that it stands for, you know? Yeah, and I, I agree that this is something everybody should watch because, again, like like you were saying, like movies like Schindler's List, movies, you know, Nazi films in general, like I, I think they're well done. I think everybody should see those movies because they have power within themselves and they mm-hmm. a lot of them are true stories. But this kind of gives you a very real look at what was happening, especially to children. Yeah. And the mental and the the just the mental decline of this young boy within like you said two days two days of going from just playing and finding a gun now he's no longer a kid now Mm -hmm. he's he has to carry around the responsibility that he indirectly killed his family yeah so I think it's a very harsh look but we all need to know what happened at the end of the day with his especially with history yeah like schindler's list and all those other films it's funny i'm only saying schindler's list i know there's more world war ii films but i can't mention them but it's just films of that caliber they're at the end of the day they're they're still movies where this is a full experience yeah this is an experience like no other and then also another quick little theory do you think the woman at the end although we know it was not Glasha, do you think it was kind of like an indirect way of showing us like what happened to her? So I don't know. That's actually a very good theory. That's actually very, very good. I think because it looks too much like why would they pick two very similar looking actresses, you know? I agree. At first I thought, oh, maybe she represents like women in that time. Mm -hmm. No, I think what you're saying makes sense. I think that was supposed to be Glasha's fate in a way. Yeah, maybe um maybe the whistling represented uh because remember the thing where like Glasha is singing. Yeah, maybe that paralleled in some way. I'm I'm not the director. I don't know, but I I think also too there's this weird little scene between the two where she's not like she's kind of edited in the frame, and you see him just kind of acknowledge and turn around without really consoling this girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if this was him just acknowledging the fact that it's like, this is what happened to her. And he just turns around and knows that he can't go back for her. I like that a lot. That's a very good theory. Like that. Did anyone help the girl? I don't think so. I don't know, right? Now I'm going all Inception-y because I'm, now I'm going, did the girl exist? Oh, no, <laughs> wait, no, I wait. don't know. That might be know. a little too far. But then why did she look like Glasha? If she was That's supposed the thing, to be like, different, why was she looking like exactly like Glasha? If she was supposed to be a different human being, what was that about? 
I, Stephanie, you now the movie is different. We have to figure this out. <laughs> right. Because like I, I've I've seen reviews and like no one. It, obviously, everyone confirms that it's not Glasha, but no one confirms really who this woman is because it's not the woman that escaped the building with him. No, it's I not mean, that. Could do you think that like, like you said, that just could have been what became of her it, it didn't necessarily need to be her he could have just been seeing what happened to glasha yeah or, or like you know maybe she did like no matter what i think it does have some connection to glasha i think no matter what it's supposed to be some type of rep- representation of what happened to glasha whether it be an imaginary representation um because maybe also like I don't know, like, for example, like, if I were to imagine you in that circumstance, I wouldn't be able to imagine you completely. I would be able to imagine someone that looked like you, but imagining you would be too hard. I'm diving into a whole different area of some subculture I don't know about, but, like, like, what is this? I don't even know, like, is that true? (laughs) What? I'm having a mental breakdown right now. Is it like, okay, no, I, I'm totally realizing like if I were to think about you in that situation, I could not imagine you fully. What does that say about me? What, what I think I need mean? to go. Like, like if I'm, if I were to imagine you in the, like it, like in like, let's say like decked out, like how that girl was with the blood on her face, the blood between her legs, all that stuff. I could not imagine you 100%. I would only be able to imagine someone who looks like you oh i don't know i'm on some type of trip i don't know what i don't even do drugs but i'm definitely on some type of trip right now (laughs) think about it You're, you're you're getting somewhere can we really like fully in detail imagine somebody that you know we know we're close to in that type of situation to a full extent probably not so you may be getting somewhere with that. I'm um, is E Klimov alive? I'll hit him up. Be like, dude, is this what is this? Are we on the same track or anything? Because I'm just thinking that, like, I like if and also if I were Flora, I wouldn't be able because if he also imagined her there, full Glasha actress, and he walked away, it would confuse a lot of the audience. Yeah. Be like, whoa, she was just helping you before. No, I, I think you're actually getting somewhere with that. That's well, actually- if you were listening this far into it, please give us your opinion on this. Because this is, this is, oh, I'm adding this into the forums, the Criterion forums. Because We this gotta is put it on the, the group. Out. We gotta tell the group. All right, so I mean, I, I, 10 out of 10, right? Like, there's no fighting. Yeah, like, 10, 10 out of 10. 10. Well, here's the thing. Huh? 10 out of 10 but I wouldn't watch it again and usually I would take points for that I would only watch it if I was showing somebody not that it's not a fantastic movie and I I did enjoy it it's a hard to swallow pill that's it's fair not something I want to watch maybe like every other year every other few years even because it was it is very it is an emotional toll on you absolutely so- I think I could see myself watching this again though because I think it's a brilliant film. And overall, I think 
I've overcome the initial like jaw dropping sequences, you know, I'm kind of desensitized to it at this point. So I do feel like, I mean, I'm not going to watch it and be like, guys, sit down around the campfire. Let's watch Come and See. Like, it's not going to be like Fourth of July barbecue. Come and see. Like, that's not what's going to happen. But like, if I could definitely like see myself a year from now going, this is a good film. I'm going to pop it in, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely will watch it again at some point. I just don't know when. All right. So that's that. Um, Next time, well, let me look at the schedule. Let me see oh, what we're going to Next week is, is Vamp Week, right? Vamp Week. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. So I know our, it's... Our creep song, creepy, spooky week. Yeah. Now we're going from like existing horror to non-existing horror how yeah. delightful so yeah next not week Twilight, we're gonna... you were wondering because sorry if you were disappointed yeah we're not li- we're not into sparkly boys <laughs> <laughs> i'm here at purple Moon. um we're gonna be watching interview with a vampire uh spirits of the dead and a short film called the black case i'm excited i mean it's still gonna be dark but hey it's not gonna be as heavy-hearted as you know this stuff no, this will be fiction. And you'll probably see from here on out, like for the next few weeks, we'll be slipping. So we have Spirits of the Dead and a Lane Delone film because fun fact, Criterion just announced a whole new like a Lane Delone collection on the channel. And you can bet your bottom dollar. We're going to try to sneak that in whenever we can. And it just works with Spirits of the Dead. I am very, very excited we're going to be watching Elaine Delon and Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Tom Cruise. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right. Um, as always, thank you so much to homeboy James. Um, <laughs> if you would like to know, like, hey, I like to be called a homeboy. Uh, definitely check out our Patreon because some of our tiers do have that option where we can call you. And it doesn't have to be homeboy. You could be homegirl. You could be homie. Whatever you want. Um. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening so much. And like I said earlier in the video, the link to the petition is down below. There's also a few other links there that help support us. You know, just, 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 just take a look, you know, whenever you can, but definitely check out that petition though. Um, and yeah, we will see you next week with interview with a vampire, the black case and spirits of the dead. Bye. Bye.